This episode of the 343 podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Bounce Athletics is offering you an additional 10% discount because they know that you are serious about high-quality soccer products if you are listening to this show. Training balls from Bounce Athletics can be customized with your logo and your color scheme and will only cost you about $15 to $20 per ball. And if you compare similar textured training balls from Nike, Adidas, or Select, those would be in the $50 to $60 range. Now, I've personally tested the balls from Bounce Athletics. They feel great. They look great. They roll great. They hold air, which is super important. They are legit, and I highly recommend them. To top everything off, Bounce Athletics will send you complimentary mock-ups of what your balls will look like with your logo on them. Just email your logo to info at Bounce Athletics to begin the order process. And remember to mention 343 so you get that additional 10% discount when you place your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. This episode is part two of my conversation with Orlando City SC assistant coach Guillermo Sanchez. You can find part one by visiting 343coaching.com, and I've provided a link to that in the write-up for this podcast. Together, these episodes provide valuable insight into multiple aspects of the sport on and off the field from the highest levels to the absolute lowest levels of the game. Everything that we talk about uh, with Guillermo and with Casey, who's a special guest on the episode, uh, can be applied at at every single level of the sport. Um, This episode is brought to you by the 343 Premium Education Membership Program. It was the program that completely transformed the way that I coach my teams, and it can do the same for you as well. It is designed to reduce your trial and error time by teaching you what really matters and what really works. With the 343 Membership, you get 24-7 access to real training and game videos. You also get access to audio lessons, eBooks, recorded clinics and presentations, and members-only forums for networking with other ambitious coaches. If you are not ready for a premium coaching education membership, or if you are just finding finding out about 343 for the first time, no problem. You can try our free seven-week course and dip your toes in the water and find out what we are all about. And when you are ready, the premium coaching membership will take you on a much deeper dive into the proven 343 methodology. You can find more about the benefits of becoming a 343 member by visiting 343coaching.com. All right. I hope that you enjoy part two of my conversation with Guillermo Sanchez. Remember, if you want to find part one, head over to 343coaching.com. But with all that said, enjoy. Casey, you still there? Yeah, I'm right here, John. Listening right. to this very interesting conversation. <laughs> I have a I have a question for you, Casey. All right. Um, you've you've been down in Orlando City now. I, I don't know how many how many trips you've made or how long you've been there, but um, you you've gotten a, a peek behind the curtain of what a you know a, a first division team is a professional team is doing with all their video work. Um, yeah. You, I, I, I don't take this the wrong way, man, but you're, you're probably not going to, um, be coaching professionals at your, at your next coaching job. So what are, what are you taking away 
from this that you're going to be able to use at your next spot where you land? Just, yeah, just that's a very good question. And, and you know, the, the one thing for me is just soccer's amazing ability of while, while you guys are having this conversation, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I've got a guy from Venezuela here, an American guy. I was born in Iran and somehow we've all come together here and we're talking about soccer. So just the beauty of the game, of, of, of its ability to connect people is amazing and give you opportunities like this. Here I am, a college soccer coach at Ryerson University in Toronto that is now, you know, that came to Orlando preseason at IMG Academy. And now I get to see everything that they do with their video analysis work. So that just in itself was, was, you know, just, you know, crazy to think about. But when I, when I get there, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm taking lots of notes on, on how much detail they go into and how much preparation and work is really done um, leading up to a match to every single detail from, you know, individual player analysis, team analysis, psychological analysis that they do. Um, And I'm, I'm taking, you know, everything I learn as far as the templates that they use to analyze teams and analyze opponents and taking it to, uh, taking it to my university and, and, and trying to do that for the opponents that we play against. Because for me, I believe if you're, um, you know, it, it's a saying that, um, one of my mentors told me, you know, uh, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. So preparing like you are a professional coach is the only way you're going to become a professional coach from a col- from being a college coach. So you've got to prepare, you've got to, you know, even though you don't, you may not need to, and you can get by without preparing that way. If you want to go to the next level, if you want to coach an MLS, you better start preparing like they do in the MLS. So that's, that's something that I've learned of the amount of detail and the work that goes into it is, is, is incredible. But if you want to coach at that level, then, you know, um, that's the kind of work you have to do. And I've been blessed obviously to work with Guillermo here and the rest of the team and to be able to get some insight into that. I don't know if that answers your question. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer you on, on a specific in just a second, but Good. Good. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I, I think, uh, I think what you what you just said about you know you have to dress for the job that you want. A lot of coaches should take that to heart because a lot of times we want to treat this like a professional a professional job, and we want to treat our you know, we want to think of ourselves as as being you know soccer experts and things like that. But a lot of times when it comes to the preparation and to the actual work that needs to be done, we we fall short, and that's that's all up to us as as coaches. Like it's it's totally in our control if we want to really get down and organize our set pieces. And it's really up to us if we want to really organize our pregame and our postgame. And, and if we're, if we're selling ourselves short, then we're also selling our, our, our kids short too. And so, yeah, it kind of just goes back to what you said, like just for the job that, that you want, not the one that you have. So. Exactly. Um, no, I believe in that. But I, but I want, I do want to hammer you on specifics, man. So, you know, what, like, okay. like, yeah, no, please. What's, uh, what's one thing like specifically that it has either wowed you or that, you know, for sure that you're going to, you know, implement from the day one when you, when you get back to Ryerson and, and, and keep with you the rest of your coaching career. Um, so, so for example, I'll give you an example, you know, at Ryerson university, you know, when we got into a big playoff game about three and a half years ago, um, we did a, you know, we did a 
we did a booklet of every single player of the other team and um, we, we did a you know like an analysis of in every individual player when we hadn't really done that before in the regular season where we'd just done a video analysis of the other team a summary but not individual player by player where here every single game is the biggest playoff game ever and it's incredible the amount of detail that goes into it you know without getting to super specifics but you know they prepare for every game like it's a world cup final because it is and and for me in the professional setting there's so much on the line people's jobs and livelihoods are on the line and 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 yeah they don't miss a detail so where you know in, in my college coaching career you know about three years ago we you know when we got into a massive playoff game we really dug in deep and we said you know what every single player we're gonna we're gonna create a video for that player we are, we're gonna do a report on that player um and we're gonna present this to the team where you know that's that's done every single week here that's just that's just that's just tuesday <laughs> and, for, and for you guys it was the super bowl yeah exactly like for us we're like you know what now we're gonna get like where when you know when you think about it is yeah like every single game should be you know if you want to go to that next level then that's the kind of dedication that it takes so that's one real specific that i've taken here is the the amount of work that goes into just one game is absolutely mind-boggling and it's incredible and there's a massive team that we have here that that guillermo's really put together that allows us to do this um but it's yeah it's incredible the amount of detail that goes into every single game yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering too, because this is always like the biggest thing for, for youth soccer coaches, especially in America. And, and I'd be curious to see if Guillermo experienced the same thing when, when you get jobs in foreign countries. Um, but a lot of times, or not a lot of times, almost every time in, in American youth soccer, the coach is by himself. So when you say things like, oh yeah, like these guys have a big team and this is the reports that they're putting together for every single game. And I said, okay, well that makes sense if you have a team of five or six people that are just dedicated to video analysis. So how is a coach that is coaching two or three club teams um, that is by himself or herself, how are they supposed to do this stuff on their own? Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, just like every job, it, it, it becomes like um, how motivated and how much time the person has to go and do over the bare minimum. Uh, you got to go over the line. And because just like I said, at, at Grayson, we didn't, we didn't have to have a video analyst. Like, we just did it at every coach. We just were brought up to be like, this is what we all do. Um, and, and I think it, we also have to see it as, as personal growth uh, because, you know, you never know what opportunity might open because you have, you know, accumulated a number of skills that make you like um, a complete coach. And, and that ongoing mentality never stops you. You know, you, I want to learn. I want to see sessions from other coaches. I want to see, uh, we just got an invite this week to watch, uh, the U S uh, national team, team performance analyst, see how they do. I just, I'm interested to go and see what I can learn. How can we improve? And, and that mentality, I think at the youth level, when you are coaching different teams, um, you want to make sure that, you know, you're not doing three teams at, at 33%, but you can also 
um, do a hundred percent at one of them. So I think that you know that you need to find a team and volunteers that say, "Hey, can somebody can a parent has a camera or can somebody just video this here?" And and there's so many programs now. Days are free online, and I think. I don't know if I'm allowed to say names of, of programs here, but there, there are free softwares that you can utilize um, and and see some parts of the game um, and utilize like a young coach that wants to get into the game and say, hey, can you count how many passes they do in this in this half? Or can you video this? Can you watch and can you tell me Monday, you know, how many crosses we got or how many uh, chances the other teams had or what side of the field so you can you know you if there's if there's a will you'll find a way to to uh to grow with the game and and more to be more specifically um one of the things uh, we have done in different teams for youth teams is we go there and we we say okay you guys need to set up your corridor session the thousand touches in seven minutes very no, uh, very like famous uh, online program, and with video, you can video two players, two three players from your team that can do the skills, and make a video, a five minute video summary of the sequence that you want all your club, all your team to to learn, and then you can just send it out uh, to parents, not to parents, to to kids, and say, hey guys, this is the video. We train twice a week, but I want to see, you know, in three weeks, who can learn this video? Because what you're teaching them there, right, is responsibility, dedication, and you're trying to evaluate see, to see who will do it, okay? And then and that development, I think it, it goes beyond X's and O's because you're teaching them, you know, uh, autonomy in what, the actions they're doing. So I think that's, that's one very specific that they can do. Give them a task, take it home. Let's see how many times you, you know, we can get improvement in this area. Um, the, the other thing is, uh, have building from success. Usually I'll give you, uh, another example is if you video the games, and they score goals because every team will score goals. Just record, just take back 30 seconds previous the goal. Because what usually happened is they didn't have the ball, they won the ball, they combine, and then they score, right? Usually. So that in that 30 second, and if you score three goals in each game or two goals or you score one goal, you can teach, hey, look, look how we play defense here. And doing this behavior, it helps us get the ball back, which it helps us attack. And look, we score. So you're not teaching, hey, we score. We score because of the work that was done defensively and ability to combine and get there. So now you're grabbing success success, and trying to build from there to to be more likely to repeat those behaviors, if that makes sense. And then once you have built a team's um, group confidence in certain situations, then it's like, okay, if my baby, when he's six years old, 
if he's still hitting the wall because he doesn't know how to turn when the corner comes, then I'm correcting him. You know what I mean? It's not I'm always going to praise that he takes two steps, three steps, or he knows how to walk. But once they have developed the skill, then you know that one correction is not going to you know, hurt their feelings or stop their development. You just give him a specific instruction. He's like, listen, guys, remember when we did this defense, you guys went across and um, prevented this to happen? Look what happened here. This guy went across. This guy stayed out wide. We open a hole and we get score on. One of the things um, they do in Norway, um, my, my brother lives in Norway because of situation at home. We, we all fled the country. Um, and in youth soccer in Norway, they have training right after games. And to me, I thought that was unbelievable good because one time I was, I was in Venezuela and I was analyzing a youth game. And each player, I was analyzing an outside back, a kid, he touched the ball around 22 times, but around those 22 times, he only made two passes because those 22 times included throw-ins, which he did like six or seven, then clearance because the coach was asking him to kick the ball forward because the coach just wanted to win the game. They didn't care about developing those players. So if a player every week in a game only makes two passes, how long does it take for that player to become excellent at passing in, in situations, stressful situations which are with pressure? It will take forever, right? So I think when the value of video is analyzing those, those situations as well, it's like, hey, how many, how many times are we touching the ball? How many times are, are we seeing this situation happen? And how many times we have the opportunity to pass and we just, we just kick it away because we want to we wanna win. So what I, when I saw that in Norway, that they play a youth game and as soon as the game is over, they have training to make sure that everybody's touching the ball a certain amount of times, that everybody's getting, because I guarantee that every kid lives home on a Saturday to go play a game excited because they're going to touch a ball. And if, if they win 10 nothing, but that player only touched the ball once, that kid's probably not going to be really happy, even though the team wins, if that makes sense. Because they didn't touch the ball. So they want to touch the ball, and that's a way to develop. They have to touch the ball. So if they have, I would suggest having a warm-up that it's like a practice. Because kids have so much energy that you're not going to say, oh, no, they're going to be tired for the game. They're youth and I'm talking kids, make them train 20 minutes, intense training with a ball. Everybody has a ball if they can have a ball. And then after a game, have another 20-minute training and see how the morale of the, of the guys, of the kids, when they come out of the, the training session going to their houses, there's like, man, and maybe, you know, that's one way or it could, it could add a variable to you know, decrease the amount of dropouts in soccer at the youth level. It's a really good point that you just made. And it's something that if, 
if this coach is listening to the podcast, he's going to, he's going to know we're talking about him right now, but Adam, uh, uh, one of the members of our coaching education website, uh, he, he asked a few years ago about like what changes he can make to maximize his training schedule because in high school soccer, they're playing like every two to three days. And so he was really worried, like after game days, he wanted to make, make sure his team could recover, which makes sense. But then it would just be another game day right after the recovery day. And so one of the changes that I suggested that he, that he makes is, is to treat the pregame like a practice. And like you, yeah. kind of, like you kind of just mentioned. So yeah, if they needed the recovery day, no problem. But that they were using, even, even on days where it wasn't just a recovery day on, on days where they had two, three training sessions before a game, they were still treating the pregame like a practice. And so they were working on, I, I know that he uses like a four V four plus three in his pregame and, yeah. and, you know, utilizing that extra 20 to 30 minutes instead of, you know, just going through the motions of a warm up and, and then, you know, going yes. on the field and then, then you're done. But it's like, yeah, treating and, and even treating the game itself, like a training session where, you know, you're, you're still able to correct things and work on things and, and those types of things. And, and not just, not just letting the game be a game, like letting the game be, a, be, a, you know, a moment where you can teach as well. Yeah. And because it, that's excellent because they accumulate hours and touches that for the development. And that's why, you know, like, um, relating video to feedback to youth development. If, if you can give them, because learning anything, learning needs repetition daily. You know, if I study Italian for three hours on Monday, but then next time I study Italian is on Friday, you know, I'm probably wasting my time in the week because instead of doing 10 minutes every day, that will hit the long-term memory instead of the short-term, you know, it comes with daily repetition. And that's why, you know, I'm, I strongly suggest that if they're only training twice a week and, and the schedule is tough because of, they have other activities, maybe it says, hey, guys, here's a video. These are the skills that we want to do um, this year. We want to be able to, at the end of the year, we want to be able to have these skills master and when and then say master is able to do it under pressure in the correct situations so that that's going to take time but now, now you you can optimize the time of the week and you're teaching them so many other details about what we touched before autonomy responsibility you know overcoming and then then the feedback to the reference to the video could be when you see a kid they, you usually know which kid is more dedicated than others. And when you see a kid that has gained, um, they has gained the skill because of the work they put in, then you need to point that out in practice. In a way, you know, you're not going to point out the same kid every time. But in a way, it's like, hey, great job doing this skill because I know you've been practicing for, you know, for a few weeks. And look. Now you can do it. So you might be talking to Casey, but other 20 kids are listening and getting the message. So you're talking to Casey, but you're intentionally talking to the whole group. Instead of saying, hey, why are you not doing this skill? Why, you know, why are you trying to dribble in, in our defensive third? Which a kid, he doesn't care about being defensive third, final third, middle third. They just want the ball. And then it's like, okay, how can I teach him to do in the final third? It's like, hey, great job trying that move. Now, if you're trying the attack, 
you might have been to go. But here, you know, what do you think? And last year, I went to, um, I had a great time at Cirque du Soleil. I had the opportunity to spend a whole day with their um, their head um, coach of performers. So he coaches all the coaches for Cirque du Soleil uh, in the world to make sure that the type of feedback they're utilizing is proper. And and we actually did it today with some uh, some kids that that we had today at training. And you know he the the task was getting a ball, passing it to a bouncing board, getting an aggressive touch, and then hitting a goal. The kid did it, but his first touch was was not good. And we just told him, are you happy with that? And he's like, no, I'm not happy with my first touch. They say, okay, let's not count that goal then. Because now we're telling him we're not about the outcome, we're about the process. But we're asking him if he's happy to see how his self-evaluation and, and say, you know what, I want to I wanna install that intrinsic motivation to become better every day. Even if I'm successful, I want to become better. Like Djokovic did when he was top eight as a tennis player. You know, he still, he was already top 10 in the world, but he wanted to become number one. So he found the diet and and he said okay my nutrition um way of doing things needs to improve so we he always found him fatter even being number one for so many years he's always trying to improve because they're so intrinsic motivated and that's the beauty of how video can also influence the intrinsic motivation of a team and say you know what we don't care about if we win and we lost but in this game we connected five passes okay guys Let's see if we can connect five passes four times the next game. And that's how we're going to evaluate success. And then if you have a video of that game, just clip out those four times if they did it. Oh, hey, we did it three times. But look, and then you build from it because I I, I think there's, there's value. And I was telling Casey the other day, you know, video is just a method that can be a method of training. Because each method of training might have a weakness. Uh, if we do shadow training, yeah, it's good to create success because you know the, there's only shadow uh, opposition. But the weaknesses is not uh, game speed because there's not pressure like a game. But you also need shadow training. But if you only do game realistic um, tempo then you might not have the amount of success that you want to create a behavior with your team. So video, it's great to show them what you want them to do or how they did it. But it also has a weakness when you're trying to say, hey, make sure you do this. They need to practice and that takes time. And that's the patient that we need, just like the patient that we have when a baby is trying to walk. It's the same patient that we need to apply to our players so we come out of training, you know, happy or after a video session, um, knowing that we enhance their likelihood to enhance their performance. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. It's a part-time DOC. I had a budget and 
you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Guillermo, I want to ask you a serious question, man. You're obviously obviously very passionate about what you do and you're passionate about not only only soccer, but it sounds like, you know, that improving all kinds of different aspects of athletics and, and the mind. And, and I'm curious, are, are you satisfied with, with being in your role right now? Or do you want something more for yourself down the road? Um, I've, I want to finish my, my PhD in sports psych or sports science. Um, it was a dream for me to be an assistant coach, uh, and coaching the MLS. Um, you know, they, they just, adopted that title this this season which i'm very grateful with the organization and and with the coaches to give me the trust and um, help me keep developing in the game and i think very highly of the mls um i i've always had dreams of working with a big club and in europe um i love learning different languages and and I, I love professional soccer, the atmosphere, like uh, Libertadores in South America is, is amazing atmosphere. You know, you go play Corinthians, Sao Paulo, all those teams in South America. And the atmosphere is great. But I, just like you say, I'm very passionate about enhancing and, and, and the growth of the game and in people. And it's been always been a dream for me to work like, you know, a big club at the youth system where I can... Um, but I want to work with a group of guys with an idea, a, a philosophy that we can enhance, um, a big club because, you know, enhancing a big club is a big challenge because they already like built the wheel. So if you can add value to, to a big club that, that says a lot, and that's always been a goal of mine, um, short term. Um, I want to stay, you know, a, a long time in the MLS and obviously win some titles um, and and keep growing as a coach and keep learning. I've, I'm being blessed. I was just watching uh, the New York Red Bull because that's one of the opponents that we have in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, knowing one of the coaches there and, and you can learn from every coach. And so that's what I try to do every day. It, you know, try to learn from every coach I'm, I'm with and, and only coaches, but other staff that, you know, the sports science, the fitness coach, the nutritionist, um, our medical department, because soccer is so integrative that, you know, you learn how 
everything plays an important aspect to the game. I want to keep coaching. I want to uh, keep developing players that make it um, to big stages because they work so hard at it, not because of their talent, uh, but because their dedication to to their growth mindset. Yeah, I, I actually brought that up with another uh, performance specialist that I had on the show. His name was Stuart, um, Stuart Singer, and he he was talking about like how much how much time he has with the players and and whatnot and, and it prompted me to ask him like hey man like everybody's like fighting for time with the players like the you know the the medical the the assistant coaches the head coach the the nutritionists the personal trainers like everybody's fighting for time with the players and so it's like how how does the player have enough time to to meet with everybody but it's because everybody has to figure out how to work as a team in order to enhance the player you can't just it can't just be one person on, you know, doing their own mission every single time. Yeah, no. And, and, um, and, and you learn like, you know, you can't be successful by yourself. That's impossible. And, you know, I haven't met a person that says, Oh, I'm very successful. I never relied on other people. And so I, you know, got to work with a team and very integrative and very, um, every player is different. Every player has different needs and, and we just, you know, got to communicate a lot. Communication, I think it's key. Uh, so it, it's great. Uh, for example, in, in, in India, we had a player that is, you know, is known as Simao Zabrosa, uh, from Portugal. And, you know, I, I just, with him, I was, I just, I purposely ate lunch with him and dinner every time I could just to listen. And I will like drill him with questions because I was, you know, the guy playing Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Portugal, World Cups, Euro Cups. And I just wanted to learn and, and seeing how, you know, humble he was about his experiences and to get information out of him, you have to dig because he doesn't want to say, oh, I play World Cups. No, he, you know, he's just speaks very with a lot of uh, humbleness and um, and see how that motivates me more to to be at that stage in Europe at some point uh, with a big club so um, I think that the organizations that um, any any time that you work with an organization you got to make sure that you're making everybody better and that you put then they, they are pushing your yourself to to become better as well. I think that's one of the, one of the aspects of being successful and, you know, hopefully we are. So oh, that's cool, man. Uh, Casey, you still there? Yeah, I'm right here. Let me, uh, let me get your thoughts on, on where, where you're thinking about where, where you want to end up and what you want to do with all this. You've, you've obviously, you've, you've made the trek from Canada to, uh, to Southern California to pursue your C license. I'm, I'm assuming that that's, that's not going to be the last coaching course that you pursue. You're, you're spending time with a professional, with a professional team, learning the ins and outs of how they, how they work on, on, you know, many different levels. So what's the, what's the end goal for you, man? Yeah, I think, you know, growing up, the, the, the dream was always to play professional soccer. And I, when that, when that dream came to an end, um, you know, the passion for coaching was, was kind of took over and, and yeah, the dream has always been to, to coach, uh, and be involved in professional soccer. So, 
you know, I, I'm, I, I actually, they're, they're reviewing my, my USSF, uh, B license that I just applied for. Um, right now I just got an email like three days ago saying, Hey, your, your, your B license, it's our application is being reviewed. Um, I'm doing my UEFA B as well in Ireland and, the goal is to, yeah, the goal is to coach in the MLS and, and to also coach in Europe one day. And one of my dreams is to actually, you know, co- coach with the national team. I think that's, that, for me, that's the highest level of, of, of soccer and the highest honor is to represent your country on a national stage. So uh, those, are, those are just some of my goals and some, some of my aspirations. What, what country would you, would you coach for then? In, in United States, Canada, Iran? <laughs> Venezuela. <laughs> Guillermo sitting here. You know what if you know uh you know it you know obviously obviously with Canada hosting the World Cup it would be a huge honor of course um to be involved in that but but for me I'm 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 really passionate about you know coaching with the Iranian national team as well and uh, I haven't really picked picked one but for me I, I consider them both my countries you know I was born in Iran and you know we left in in, in 96 and you know that's a that's a long story but you know canada's been canada's been my home for the you know over more than 20 years so i consider both countries home and to to be considered on the national team and uh, in either country would be a huge honor to be honest with you yeah man that's a that's a badass goal and <laughs> what, what what amazes me, man, is is your positive energy, and this is what stood out to me when when we were in Southern California doing our C license. Is that you are so positive, and and so confident isn't it doesn't even begin to describe it but like when you're saying something like oh like i want to coach with the national team there's no doubt in my mind that you could be there in like three or four years dude so <laughs> appreciate that man i really appreciate it. and you know what that, that that's i believe in energy and i and i and, and that was one of the things i, I forgot to mention you when you, when you start when you started talking about our stories but i believe you you will match up with people with the same energy and and you exude that similar type of energy when i met you right away i felt like i knew you for a long time and 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 we really connected and i believe the same way you have really good energy and and we kind of connected on that same level i believe don't tell don't tell your girlfriend dude she's gonna get mad <laughs> no comment. I just, I just moved like five feet away as he was saying. That. <laughs> hey, um, I I only have I have one more question, and it's a question that I ask at the end of every interview that I've done, probably the last I don't know one hundred episodes. Um, right, and so it's cool to kind of get the wide array of of different answers because everybody has their own perspective on it, but. Um, I'll, I'll give you guys each a crack at it. Maybe Casey, if you can answer first and then that gives Guillermo time to, to think about how he wants to answer. Um, but the question is, sure. what do people need to know? And, and, and I, I like to ask that, you know, cause everybody has a different way that they experience the game. There's a coach, parent, a player, administrator, whatever. And, and everybody always has like one thing that, that they really believe in or, or a message they want to get out. So, um, what, what do you think people need to know? Wow, that's a, that's a pretty good question. Um, I think that the most important thing is that that, ever, that people need to know is that you got to love and enjoy what you do. So when you when you're playing soccer, 
at, at any level from house league to professional soccer you know when I, and I come into work here every day you see these players they love what they do and the, and the and the people at the highest level truly excel because they love what they do and and sometimes we forget about the fun of the game and there you know Guillermo alluded to this earlier on in the conversation about the high rate of players who are dropping out um, we that's the one thing we can't forget that when we're coaching, when these kids are playing, don't forget that the element of fun, of game, of enjoying it, that's that's the thing that's going to prolong the game and grow the game around the world, especially in the United States and Canada, is for the kids to really enjoy it. And we can't forget that. So that's the one thing I uh, I would say that when you're coaching, you got to love what you're doing. When you're frustrated, just just remember, it's got to be fun. Have have fun, enjoy it. It's, it, it. It shouldn't be work. And uh, same same for players as well. All right, Guillermo, you're up. Bring it home. So yeah. So I'll start with with a question, John. You, you play soccer, right? I do. Yeah, you do. Okay. And do you have any coach that enhance your life through soccer? Mm, yes. One. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Why? Um, he taught me a lesson. Do you mind sharing that one? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's not something I talk about very often, but there I've talked about it on the podcast before in, in various episodes, but you know, the reason why I got into coaching was basically that I didn't have any positive experiences coaching when I was growing up. And I say that, as a generalization, because overall, if I, if I put everybody into like, you know, that, that frame, I didn't have a good experience, but there was one coach that did have a very big impact on the way that, uh, that I saw the game, that I, that I see the game now that I teach the game. Um, and, and one of the biggest things actually that has stuck with me, and I haven't thought about this in a long time, man, and you should, you should start your own podcast, Guillermo, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is he believed in me, man. And, and it sounds cheesy, but as a young player, I was a freshman and, you know, I, I, I didn't get called up for the entire season, but as a freshman in high school, I got called up to the varsity team and, and just having that belief in, in young players, um, meant a lot wow. to me. And, and that's something that I, that I adopted when I became a head coach of the varsity team at the same high school. Um, I, I ended up coaching my first coaching job was at that same high school and on every team that I coached. So I coached at the school for seven years, eight years. I can't remember exactly. I always had a freshman on the team on the varsity team. And I always, I was never, ever, ever afraid to give the freshman minutes. I always, uh, was, was willing to play young players and, and give those players a chance. So, um, yeah, I haven't That's thought about that in a very long time, but, but yeah, if, if, you know, that, that has made probably the biggest impact on the way that I see and teach and believe the, in, in the game, which is really, I don't know if that is a good answer, but, um, no, it's, it's a great answer. And the, the reason I ask because I ask, you know, when I work with, um, our consulting coaches in the youth level, uh, I always ask them this because it's every coach in the youth level that I've, you know, I've worked with, they, they have had one person, uh, and it's usually a coach that has changed their life for better. So when you ask me, 
you know, what they need to know is that they, people need to know and coaches need to know that they can be that person to those kids that they're working with. They can be that person that those kids will remember forever because they believed in them and they found a way to enhance them in a, in a proper way for their life. Not every player is going to become uh, a professional player, but I still remember the coach that did it for me when I was a kid. And I was blessed and I had like three um, that when I was a kid and I was 10 and my mom couldn't pick me up from practice because my brothers were training in a different training ground. So the coach will, I had to wait for him and he will drive me there. And one Saturday he was playing a game and um, it, it was like better over 50 uh, players uh, age over 50 age uh, players he was dribbling and the ball went away from him and the guy hit the ball and it hit him in his privates like really, really hard, but he didn't go down. He kept the ball because the ball was in front of him. He dribbled a guy, he passed the ball and then he went down. And then in the car, I'm like, Pedro was his name. I'm like, coach, like, how do you do that? And he's like, Guillermo, it's not about me. It's about the team. So if I fall because I'm hurting, I'm thinking about myself. And it's not about me, it's about the team. So you never give up on your team. You never do it. You always keep working. Then when the play was away from me, yeah, I, I fell down. So those little, you know, teaching moments might mark somebody for life to make him better. When I, because in college I screwed up one time and I should have been expelled from school. And, you know, now I can say it now after I graduated, but I should have been expelled. And the coach, like, truly believed in me. And he said, you know, I believe in second chances. And if I didn't have that second chance, I probably wouldn't be here. So the talent and the, the, the behaviors are inside each person. Each person is a great individual. We just have to shape them in finding that great individual that they are. And every coach can impact the life of those kids, the, the values that the, co the parents are putting into the coach to help them make that person growth into you know, a better individual in any aspect of they do because soccer is just a way to teaching values of life they can be that coach that they'll remember forever so I think they need to know that purpose for what they're doing and that's why I think and sorry I'm extending myself in these answers is it's not about winning the game and every you know you gotta have youth coaches that are passionate about the youth not youth coaches that just want to make a pro. There, there's, there are coaches for each level, and you can be, you can be the best coach at youth. Um, and, and yeah, you know, like it, it's fun to be stadium, you know, news and this. But they, they also got to know that there's another side. You know, we travel so much, and you know, you don't get to see your family a lot. And I remember. Uh, my sister one time one week I was in Colombia for Libertadores next week Brazil next week Chile 
And she's like, oh, my God, you're getting to see all these places. I'm like, listen, I just get to see the airport, the hotel, <laughs> the stadium, hotel, airport, and we're back. So don't think this is, yeah, it's fun, but there's a lot of sacrifices. So, you know, youth coaches, they might spend a lot of time with the family. And I think that's, that's uh, the number one thing in life. So don't, um, I know the grass always looks greener on the other side, but be passionate about what you have and become the best that you can be for the growth of those. Um, it's a privilege to be able to coach uh, kids and at the youth level. So uh, sorry that I extended myself again. No, man, that's cool. This is, uh, this is one of the longest interviews I've ever done, but. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But it's You're good doing though. two, so <laughs> that's true. This is this is my first threesome interview, so um, yeah, I just moved five feet away again. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's all it's all good, and I, I appreciate you guys making time for it. I know it's late over there. Um, I I do want uh, people to be able to connect with you guys. So, is there a place where people can learn more about either what you guys do, or if there's work that you guys have that's available for them to look at? Um, where where can people connect with you guys? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm, I always try to be, you know, like not not like out there on social media with the work I do, um, because I try to be, um, you know, I'm so busy pretty much that I don't have time for that much, but my Instagram and Twitter is Guillermo coach is G U I L L E R M O and coach, um, and like any time that they want to, you know, text or send me a message, uh, any question, I'll be happy to answer. Sometimes I'd rather a phone call because it's, you know, written messages, you know, you, you read them like you want to read them. Um, so I'm happy. Usually when I do that is when I'm traveling with a team that I have more time. When I come home from work, I just want to be with my wife and the baby. So, uh, I'll, I'll get back to them eventually, but I do be careful, so, man. Be careful. Cause if, if people, if you want people to call you, they'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's okay. I honestly, like, um, we want, we want to, you know, I want to learn from them and anybody, you know, every time I've done, I've gone to organizations to, to work with coaches because when I, when I was working with the, the consultant uh, company, what I what I used to do was I would go to teams that had like around 600 players, and then every morning I was working with the coaches. In the afternoons, we were evaluating the coaches, and we're not. I'm not. When I do this, I don't work with about tactics or soccer aspects. I'm just a psychological aspect of feedback of how you're developing players and and then we work with parents as well and with the athletes of how they can you know have enhance their situations in soccer and and the growth so um and that's another recommendation for uh, for <coughs> youth coaches if they want a video i know here in the u.s is different because you got to have like written permissions legal stuff but every time i i've gone in south america to to a youth club i not only video the players, but I video the parents and the coach on the bench because parents have a big impact in the youth development. So I want to know what they're saying, 
how they're reacting um, to to their kids, to situations. And because just think about it, if I'm on the bench and the coach gets mad because we just missed the goal or, you know, one kid missed a goal or he the goalkeeper didn't make a save. What am I what message am I getting on the bench? Now I'm been, being tense because I'm like, man, if I screw up when I go in, this is how the coach is going to react. It goes the same way with the parents. Uh, sometimes the parents start instigating the referees, and now the kids feed off that energy from the parents, and then they start doing the same. But we're allowing those behaviors from the parents' point of view. So I think that's where video can also help them and say, look, look how you guys reacted with in the game last week. Is this what we want to teach our kids? Or the other way is like, hey, this was great behavior. If we want to apply all the psychology and, and reinforcing good behavior, so it's like, great. Look, they just missed a goal and you guys just clap and encourage. It's just like the baby who just learning to walk and they fell. You just gave them encouragement because that's their, that's their contribu- uh, contribution to, to the part of a game and respecting the coach's job, respecting the, um, the, the space for the kid in, 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 in soccer. So um, that's why, like, I'm I'm being honest. If they call me and ask me stuff, I'll be willing to uh, to answer because you know, like, we're doing it for the kids for their development. No, that's an, that's an important answer, man. And I, I wrote down a lot of notes, so this is uh, this has been helpful for me. So I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this as well. I appreciate it. I think Casey. Uh, just yeah, LinkedIn, Casey Kirash, K A S Y K I A R A S H on LinkedIn, and uh, uh, same thing as my Instagram and Twitter are also just my first and last name as well. And you can get to follow the adventures of Casey all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, um, I re- I really appreciate you guys making time and 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 staying up late to to talk to me and record this. I think this is a really special episode, so. Um, thank you both. I, I really John, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, really, really, I really enjoyed this this conversation. And thank you so much for for having us on. Casey, yeah, you thank you, John. Uh, very, very uh, um, pleasure to have this opportunity and exchange uh, uh, anecdotes. I think it's the, the more we do this kind of stuff, the more we we grow. So that's uh, that's that's awesome that you do this and. Congrats on having a great program. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 Coaching Education Program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. 
the Program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review. And I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.